A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. The Opinion Line on Quartz 96 FM. Professor Christine Lusher uh, from DCU in Dublin. Professor, good morning to you. Good morning. Those two things, I suppose, balanced off against one another. Heterologous vaccination, I think, is the word. Nayak now says we can start doing that here. And then the picture coming in from Israel, which which is concerning. Let's start with the first one first. You'd welcome it, I imagine. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I mean, I know that some people would say, should we not have done this sooner? But... You know, the, the data that's come from Germany and Spain and the UK has been very positive and it's only really in the last month that the EMA, which is our regulatory authority that we would seek advice from, while they haven't like recommended that as a protocol, they have said that they're very happy with the safety profile and they're happy with the science. So I think that's a really positive indication from the EMA that the regulation is on the way. Um, And I think that, you know, the AstraZeneca that we rolled out to younger cohorts was because we had a surplus, because we were in a bit of a race against Delta. So I think that the chance of those people now having a second Pfizer, which will give them a much higher level of protection against Delta, is a really positive move. And I think it's really good news, particularly for that cohort. That combination of AstraZeneca plus Pfizer, could you break it into layman's terms, Professor, why that seems to be working so well? Yeah, so essentially what the research would show is that, first of all, you need two parts of your immune system to be switched on to give you good coverage. So the first one is you need a good antibody response. So antibodies bind to the actual virus and stop them entering your cells. So that's one thing that your your immune system does. The other thing you need is you need T cells. And T cells can not only switch on antibodies, but they can also um, uh, have killer T cells and they can also um, directly kill the virus. So So AstraZeneca seems to be very good at switching on strong T-cell responses. Pfizer seems to be really good at switching on very specific antibody responses. So what the research will show is that the combination of the two actually gives you a really, really powerful immune response. And AstraZeneca against Delta, because the immune response is, the antibody response is not as strong, even two doses of AstraZeneca is not as strong against Delta as, as some of the other vaccines. So that combination just seems to be what they call the sweet spot yeah. in immunology of protection. Yeah. Now, we are going to be getting boosters here to those in the most vulnerable vulnerable. Um, categories to begin with and they're going to start it around the time of the flu vaccination uh, Stephen Donnelly has been saying a good decision yes so the situation that we're in so generally when you get a vaccine at some stage your antibody level will drop a little bit and that's 
that's what the, um, a recent study has shown. Now, it, it didn't drop hugely. I mean, I think what they said was that there was probably a 6% drop in your antibody level over, over the period of a few months after your second dose. And in the normal situation, that wouldn't be a big deal if we weren't in a situation where you're being constantly uh, potentially exposed to the infection the whole time. So if that was waning with a flu vaccine or one of the childhood vaccines and you're not being exposed to that constantly, it probably wouldn't make much difference. But Delta changes that. Mm. So because Delta is really transmissible, because our case number is high and we're quite exposed to it at the moment, it means that there's a potential that if you even have a small waning of your protection, it gives Delta a chance to get in there and take hold. And The real concern would be people over a certain age, so that cohorts that we started to vaccinate first, you know, the over 65s, healthcare workers who are constantly exposed, and a lot of them had AstraZeneca on board, and finally the people with underlying conditions. So even a small difference to them in terms of their protection could actually have a significant impact. So the booster programme, if you like, will mitigate any kind of impact that Delta might have through the winter on those really vulnerable cohorts. What I think I'm hearing you say is that it is quite normal. Again, this and this kicks back or pushes back against some of the nonsense out there on social media, for example, that it is quite normal for the acute response of a vaccine to wane. But when you've got Delta in the community, that's not desirable. Is that what you're saying to us? Essentially, yes. So, I mean, if you if you get a vaccine to travel to a different country, get one of your travel vaccines, you know, if you measured your antibody level a couple of weeks after that vaccine, you'd have a very high level. If you measured it, you know, a couple of months later or a year later, it would be less. But if you're not being constantly exposed to the infection that, 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 that the vaccine is against, it probably doesn't make that much difference. The problem is, is that we're all living in a, in a situation where our potential exposure to Delta is constant in our everyday lives. And therefore, the higher level of protection that you have is necessary in order to be able to make sure that you don't get it. And it's particularly important for people who are vulnerable. So the other thing to say is, is that while that study showed a waning of the antibody levels, it didn't really focus on any changes in these really important T cells that we need for immunity as well. So, And some studies would say that the T cell response remains really, really strong in individuals. So even though the antibody levels are a little bit down, it may not be that the whole immune response is down. So that's something to consider as well, that it's not a blanket mm. waning of immunity in general. With so many people being diagnosed now with as new infection day to day and while most of them, the majority of them thankfully, will just suffer a mild illness. Are we still studying the comparison between naturally acquired immunity and immunity from vaccines? And do we know yet which is better? So, I mean, because we're only a certain amount of time into this pandemic, we've only had you know, a year plus to be able to look at natural immunity in individuals. So we know that immunity is still there in individuals, certainly up to the nine to 12 month mark. So what we also know is from a lot of our research is that if you've had an initial infection and you get um, a vaccine, 
that your immunity is significantly enhanced. So that natural infection plus vaccine, it's really, really um, powerful. And I I think it's one of the messages that's really important is that sometimes people think, oh, I've had COVID, so I'm okay, I'll have immunity. It long-lasting immunity requires that other exposure that you get with the vaccine. So um, we don't know yet how long that immunity will last. I mean, there have been viruses around for hundreds of years and we know that even people who had the flu back in in the early 1900s those that were alive in the early 2000s and um, they actually had immunity they had antibodies to that flu 100 years later so you know antibody responses and immunity can last for a very long time yeah. we just haven't had time to see with this virus how long that's going to last for us okay and only time will tell in, in that exactly. regard looking professor at the Israel picture and in introducing you there I mentioned that at the very start of this Israel were the poster boys of how to get a vaccination program out quickly now they're worried about the rise of Delta so what lessons can we learn here from Israel at the moment Well I think I mean we're we're almost on a par in terms of our percentages with Israel at the moment and I think what it shows is is that with Delta that even when you have, you know, over 70% of your population vaccinated, Delta is still an issue. And that's because how virulent and transmissible it is. So the lessons that we're learning is that having, you know, their case numbers are high, but they're certainly not translating into hospitalizations, ICUs and deaths. And and we're seeing the same here. So I think the lessons that we're learning is that, you know, and I think actually if we look at them very closely over the next few weeks as they start to roll out their booster program for their vulnerable cohorts and their older adults, I think what we'll see is is potentially if we see the higher level of protection, if they see that their case numbers are, are not in those cohorts, then I think we learn our lesson, which is that our booster program will have value in, in those cohorts, I think, in Ireland. So We've, I think, you know, they've showed us that high levels of vaccination are, are really protective. But against Delta, they are st- it is still a challenge. You know this thing that they call the vaccine wall and, and the idea that the infection in the community would meet the vaccine wall and begin community transmission and community infection would eventually start getting pushed back. The day-to-day numbers don't seem to indicate we're near that. So what you see with the day-to-day numbers is if, we, if we've looked at any other phase of a wave of the pan, of, of, of COVID, what we've seen is numbers escalate really, really quickly to a really high level, sure. stay there for a while and then drop off. Okay, And that drop off is has only happened because we've gone into a major lockdown, for example. What we see in this situation is, is that they've risen up a little bit and then they've stayed stable for a couple of weeks and then we get another jump and then they've stabled. So we're looking at this kind of steps and stairs kind of um, uh, change in numbers. What's happened even over the last couple of weeks is they've gone up to that 2000s, but they've kind of dropped back now to about 1500. So we're seeing this kind of surge and then a stabilisation. Are we at the magic plateau yet? I'd say I'd say our numbers have been we're at a very slow rise and remember that rise is because we still have quite a large proportion of people who aren't vaccinated and and you know that has been for for lots of reasons we've had a great vaccination program but we haven't been able to roll out a vaccination program to 1.25 million of our population which are which are under the age of 18 up until very recently so 
there's, you know, we still have a large proportion of our of our people not vaccinated. And in a normal situation against a virus that's fairly transmissible, that probably our case numbers would have been lower. But Delta and its transmissibility has made everything more difficult. So I feel like what will happen is over the next few weeks, we will see another steady rise in our case numbers. Hopefully we will see that it doesn't translate into significant changes in hospitalizations and um, and ICU admissions. Again, while that's gone up, it's gone up steadily and slowly and has been much, much lower than it was in any of the other waves. Um, and I think that as more people get vaccinated, um, I think that we'll just start to see that plateau and it will eventually drop down. But remember, we're looking at cases rising at the moment on the back of opening indoor activities, people socialising more, and now we're looking at schools going back. So it was the case numbers, you know, when we talked about whether or not to open indoor dining, I made the point that the case numbers are going to rise with Delta. It's it's about making sure enough people are vaccinated so it doesn't translate into hospitalisations. And if that's the case, then the decision to maybe restrict things again or lock down shouldn't be made on case numbers. It should be made on, on how sick people are getting. So I think our slowly but surely opening things up has worked. We were always going to see a rise in cases. And that's going to rise, I think, a little bit more over the next four to six weeks with schools being back. But then I think it will start to drop off. Do you think, and some prophets of doom, again on social media and the cesspit that it can be, some prophets of doom are suggesting be ready for a winter lockdown? No, I, I personally do not see that happening at the moment. I mean, the, the, people need to remember the rationale for lockdowns previously. So the last time we went into a lockdown was in January after Christmas. We had a massive surge in cases. We had practically nobody vaccinated. And we were facing into a variant, which was the Alpha variant from the UK. And that scenario is completely different to this scenario. We are looking at huge proportion of the, of the, of the um, country vaccinated. And that vaccination background in the whole population is what will help us keep our case number manageable. And that case number not translating into hospitalizations. I mean, vaccination is not about stopping somebody ever getting an infection. Mm. It's making sure they don't get a severe infection that impacts on them and causes them serious illness or death. So that's a primary role of vaccination is about preventing that. And that's exactly what our vaccination programme is doing Mm. for the majority of of the people in Ireland at the moment. And lastly and briefly, to again dispel another bit of rubbish that's going around, we know can unequivocally say, can we not, Professor, the vaccines are working? Absolutely. I mean, if you just look at the data that we had on severe infections, hospitalizations and death when we didn't have vaccines and a high case number, and look at those now, we are looking at two completely different scenarios. The vaccine program in Ireland has had a really phenomenal impact and it has saved lives. All right, thank you for being with us again uh, this morning on the programme. That's Professor Christine Lusher uh, from the Department of Immunology at DCU. Corks 96 FM. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.